What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of We Run This. I'm your host, Chris Luminati. Um, welcome back, everybody. Uh, it's just me. I'm solo. And I think I'm solo from now on. Um, a little bit of uh, house cleaning before we begin. Uh, Gina has uh, decided to take a hiatus for the show. From the show, I think it's a permanent hiatus, but uh, I'm not really sure because she hasn't really um, reached out or told me anything. Um, not to get into the details, but uh, she had, you know, life gets ahead of all of us and we need to deal with what we need to deal with. And sometimes dealing with that involves uh, taking some things off your plate. And one of the things she decided to take off of her plate was the podcast. I don't blame her. I'm not mad. And we are still cool and we are still friends and we will probably still run and she will outrun me <clears throat> as she always does. Um, but moving on. Yeah, so that's uh, my second host <laughs> that uh, I've, I can't say lost, you know, uh, I used to host with Nick and Nick decided to pursue other work opportunities, especially when this podcast left uh, Bro Bible and uh, we went out on our own. Uh, Nick decided to do his own thing. And then now Gina's doing her own thing. Um, so everyone is going to go do their own thing, and I'm going to do my own thing. And my own thing is this podcast because I enjoy doing it. And I enjoy the people I talk to, and I enjoy the Instagram account, and I enjoy running the social channels, and I like everything about it. And I think the reason why is because I'm the one who came up with it. It was my idea from the beginning. And when you have an idea from inception – and you've been doing it now for, I've been doing this for a year. And, you know, I like doing it. And I'm not going to stop. And hopefully you all like it. And we can talk to some more great people. We have some great guests coming up. If you guys have any suggestions for any guests, please feel free to reach out to me. And we'll try to get them on the show. One important thing before we we move on to uh, the guest today. And actually, I have a topic before we get to our guest that I want to talk about. Uh, real quick. If you could, look, now more than ever, I'm going to need everybody's support. So uh, that involves sharing the show with your friends, uh, f- giving five-star reviews on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you listen to the show. Uh, it involves checking out the website. If you go to the website, you can find all the places that I am on social. So go to WeRunThisPod.com. That's WeRunThisPod.com. Com. And there you'll find links to our U- my YouTube, uh, Instagram, Twitter, all that stuff that you can follow everywhere. But mostly, if you can, just share the show and give it a good review. Word of mouth is huge. And uh, I'd really appreciate it. And, and I thank everybody who's supported the show so far. And, you know, I hope we get some new listeners and really kind of, you know, take the show to the next level in the next in the year. Uh, one thing, the thing I wanted to talk about before we jumped into talking to our guest today, uh, my guest is Bernard Heinrich. Um, he's a prolific author. He's uh, an amazing runner. He's he's in his 80s now, but the guy was running marathons. He started running marathons in his 40s, which was you know now 40 years ago. Back when you know in the early 1980s, when you said to someone, "I'm going to run a marathon," they probably looked at you like you were the craziest person that they ever met. And he was doing it in the early 80s, and we talk about that. But it got me to thinking about how runners and any fitness people really kind of talk to 
people who don't do these things about the things that they do. And it, this is something that I notice that I do often and I tr- I'm trying not to do it. And if, and if you out there do it, I want you to stop doing it too. I'm currently uh, in the 75 Hard program. Uh, it's created by Andy Frisella and it involves, I'll just be brief about it. It involves two workouts a day, gallon of water, read 10 pages, follow a consistent diet, no cheat meals, no booze, and take a progress picture every day. And you do those things every single day. And if you miss one day, you have to do them for 75 straight days. If you miss one day, you got to start from the beginning again. That's the program. And see if you can make it 75 days. Uh, When I tell people that I'm doing this program, they look at me like I'm crazy. And I usually offset that by starting the conversation with, this is going to sound crazy, but, and then I explain the program. And then I realized, why am I doing that? Why am I justifying what I do to other people? Maybe it doesn't sound crazy to them. Why am I telling them it's crazy? They might think, oh, wow, awesome. Good for you, man. I wish I was doing that. But I feel like I tell people that it sounds crazy because I don't want people to judge me for what I'm doing. But then the more I think about it, honestly, I really don't give a fuck if people judge me for doing it. It's not their business. And it's not their life. I'm not asking them to work out with me twice a day. I'm not asking them to drink a gallon of water. I'm not asking them to read 10 pages. I'm doing this for me. So why do I feel the need to justify it to other people? It's just something that we do as humans. We want others to think that we are as normal as them, even though sometimes the normal is just being goddamn lazy. And I don't want to be lazy. I want to do all of these things because I want to test myself and I want to push myself. So I've started to stop saying, I started to stop. That doesn't make any sense. I've stopped saying this is crazy and I just explain what I'm doing. So when people say, what are you doing this weekend? And I say, I'm going to run 15 miles. I don't say this is going to sound crazy, but I'm going to run 15 miles. I just tell them what I'm doing. And then if they decide to tell me that it sounds crazy, well, obviously it's not for them. And it doesn't sound crazy to me. And it doesn't sound crazy to the other millions of people who are going to do something very similar this weekend. So for anyone out there who prefaces some of the things they do fitness or running wise with, this is going to sound crazy, I want you to stop. And I want you to stop right now. I want you to be confident in what you do. I want you to say, I do this thing for me not for you or for anyone else. And I just want you to be happy with what you do. And whatever anyone else thinks, screw them. There's probably things that they do that you would consider crazy. Like while you're out running 15 miles, they are meticulously collecting Pokemon or they are knitting for five straight hours. We might think those things are crazy. I don't necessarily think either of those things are crazy, But I'm sure there's things that they do that we would think, wow, why would you want to do that all day? Because it's not for us. Just like running and working out is not for them. So be happy with what you do. Say, this is what I am and this is what I do. And just learn to love it. And I think that's a good segue for our guest today. And I keep saying our and we. Uh, That's going to be a habit I'm going to need to break. It's just me now. I. I talked to Bernard Hendrick about running, about plants about living in the middle of nowhere. The guy lives in the middle of nowhere. And it's funny because when I spoke to him, I always used to have this dream of 
kind of going rogue and living out in the middle of the mountains and not having to deal with all the world. This was back when I was a little bit more, uh, I don't want to say depressed, but like things would set me off and I'm just like, I want to just get away. And I would think about living up in the mountains. Well, after talking to him and seeing some of the videos about his life, yeah, I don't want to live up in the middle of the mountains. It seems really isolated and not something I want to do. He seems to love it. He seems to think it's great. It's for him. See, I don't think he's crazy for doing it. I'm like, hey, man, good for you. You want to live in the middle of nowhere? That's you. But that's what he wants to do because that's he gets to run up there. He gets to look through insects and, and nature and all, all the stuff that he loves to do. Uh, we, we actually talk about his new book where he talks about both things. Uh, the new book is called Racing the Clock. And um, it's a deep look at running and aging and the body and uh, – exploring unresolved relationships like between metabolism and diet and exercise and and it's basically just 80 years of his life of running and nature put into one book um i highly recommend picking it up so i know that probably all sounded crazy <laughs> i'm just kidding it, it did not sound crazy at all uh here's me talking to bernard heinrich And we're back, everybody, and we're here with Bernard Heinrich, correct? That's the yes. correct pronunciation. Do, is, do, how many times have you had to like help people pronounce your name? Oh, a lot. I mean, <clears throat> I had a lot of problems. Initially, you know, what's your, what's your name? And I say Bernd, and they say Ben. I said, yes, Ben. <laughs> so I'm still known as, as Ben uh, for all of my uh, uh, youthful uh, contacts. Uh -huh. uh, but... Uh, uh, Heinrich or Heinrich doesn't make any difference to me. So. Did you ever have anyone come to you years later and go, you know, I just found out your name's not actually Ben? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, really? Really? That, 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 that's yeah. always kind of embarrassing for people. Like, yeah. you think a person's uh, got that, a name for so long. I've had that happen where I thought a person's name, it wasn't too far off, but, yeah. or people who go by different names, like they'll go by their middle name yeah. and you think it's their first name mm -hmm. for years. Yeah. So, so one question I wanted to start off with, uh, I, we recently watched, uh, my co-host Gina, she should be on soon. Um, yeah. We recently watched, I believe PBS came to visit you at your house, correct? Yeah. Okay. And it showed just the way you live and you live remotely yeah. in, in Maine and stuff like that. Right. And it's one of those things that I, I really feel like a lot of people think they want to live like that. Uh -huh. But then if given the chance, I don't know, how, how long do you think the average person could last doing that? Three weeks. Three weeks? That is a lot longer than I thought you'd say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what depends when, though, if it's if you're talking winter or, or summer or spring. Uh, if it's in the black fly season in the spring with the ticks, it might be two days, you know, but uh, I'm just averaging. Uh -huh. you know? What do you think? What do you think people would give up on first? What uh, what would people give up on? Yeah, like what, uh, like what would drive them nuts first where they'd say, I have to get out of here? Uh, well, uh, in my cabin, like this winter, it would have been the cold because the stove wasn't working. 
Uh -huh. uh, and 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 bored because they don't have the pull uh, of things that that interest them around them. You know, it's 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 not electronic. You have to look at and find the things that you know about, and you have to have some. Uh, um, some impulse to to be out there. Like in the, in the fall, I go deer hunting, and and in the spring, I watch the birds nest, and in the summer, you know, it's a nice path, and I go running, and so on. Mm -hmm. So you got to be plugged into what's around you, not what's in the house, but what's outside. Now, do you find that because you've lived that life so long, is it the opposite for you? Like when you go to like certain, when you go to like hotels or anything, anywhere you're like, wow, there's like too much technology. There's too much going on. Yeah. <laughs> and you just want to go back. Yeah. <laughs> I, I can see that happening. I don't think anyone ever thinks of the reverse where they're like, this is just yeah. too much technology. I, I, there's too much going on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm just terrible at, at technology. <clears throat> Although, you know, I was a, a physiologist and I worked with, with instruments and stuff. But, you know, I got to learn those specific things, but uh, but nothing like uh, like going on Zoom and, and having to know passwords and I can't remember them and stuff like that. They don't make sense, you know, to me. Right. I, I think I can't see what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I, so. I have a theory about that. And, and we'll see from your scientist side, if you, if you think this is what it could be. So the technology that we all use now it adapted from other technology. So you learned at step A, and now you're on step D or E with a different piece of technology, but a lot of it you learned going you know, step by step. So people who didn't learn at step A and they have to go to step yeah, E or yeah. D, they don't yeah. know because they didn't have it. Yeah, that's, that's absolutely true. I mean, I was kicking and screaming when the computers first came out. I don't need one, I don't want one, hmm. you know? And and uh, and then you know, ten ten years later, they said, "Well, you've got to have a computer because we're going to give you notices now instead of faculty meeting. You know, we go on the uh, uh, we have emails and uh, and so I had to have it. Mm -hmm. Do you ever miss? Do you ever miss just the old days of a good old fashioned phone call? Exactly. I wanted a phone. Yeah, I want a phone, a regular phone. And I got an iPhone now, and I don't know how to run it. Uh, there's too much on there. I don't. I I want you know, to be able to manipulate my my uh, uh, in my camera. I want to manipulate my speed, uh, my f-stop, and so on. And there's so much going on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, you've see, so you've seen a lot of changes in technology. I'm sure you've also seen a lot of changes in running. How has running changed over the last 30, 40 years? Uh well, I mean, I can see changes now. For example, we see a lot more uh, <clears throat> ultra marathoning right now and, and trail running, which was uh, <clears throat> unknown. You know, we did cross country. That was, you know, six miles. That was about the limit. And then marathon came up and I said, well, I'm going to try one of those. But it was a very exotic thing to, to run a marathon mm. uh, and then even more to run beyond that. Uh, but, you know, one could set records then, you know, everything was within reach. But now, you know, uh, uh, it's very hard to, to, to make a, a big mark 
and and it's more into enjoying what you're doing you know mm -hmm. and and uh and so it has changed quite a bit so uh yeah. i'm i'm a big fan of numbers and i, I looked something up because you, you mentioned marathoning so yeah. when you first ran your first boston marathon was 1980 okay so you were the first you came in first to the masters finishers when you ran there were 5,417 people who ran. Okay. Wow. Yeah. In nine, in 2019, the last time they ran Boston, uh, there was 30,000 people who ran. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. 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 So that's 40 years. I yeah. mean, that's almost yeah. I, I don't even, what, quadrupled even yeah. more than that. In yeah. 1980, did you say to yourself, this is going to be huge one day? No. <laughs> <laughs> You never imagined it would be that no, big. No, <laughs> no, it, it was, I thought it was huge then, mm -hmm. huge. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it took me quite a while to get just to the starting line, you know, because of the crowd at Hopkinton, uh, you know, waiting, right. you know, the hear the gun and you have to wait, you kind of shuffle forward and you finally get to it and then you start. Uh -huh. So yeah, I thought that was huge. I'd never run in anything like that before. Yeah. So, I mean, 5,000 people is still a lot of people. It's a lot. Yeah. I'm yeah. used to running, you know, like a dozen or two, you know. <laughs> so, so what are some of the things that people kind of said to you in 1980 when you said to them that you run 26 miles? Yeah. Well, they, they thought it's, they thought it was pretty far out, you know, mm. in order to, to run a, a marathon. Mm. Uh, and, uh, and, <clears throat> Yeah, it uh, so it was a, a huge thing. But mm. now that you get you know thirty thousand running it, uh, it you find out that uh, uh, that one can mm. and uh, and <clears throat> it's a lot of fun to be with a big crowd where there's no real to be first or second or whatever. Right. right. So, yeah. so let me let me ask this. So in so now if a person like me wanted to go somewhere for running advice, I mean, it's, there's books, there's the internet, there's YouTube videos, there's everything yeah. in 1980 or in the late seventies, when you first started marathon running, where did you go to get advice for running? I didn't. <laughs> you just ran. Yeah, I just ran. <laughs> I figured you had to, uh, you know, train the distance. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, I mean, you did it just, was kind of assumed that for speed you you would run fast and you do fartlek uh and you know there, there were coaches then that had their own ideas about you know what you're supposed to do and then you you do lsd long slow distance mm -hmm. uh and a combination and uh and uh <clears throat> there was no uh <clears throat> no set rule and I don't know if there is now mm. you know different people are different I think you know to go by the same rule I don't think it's the same for everyone because different people have different capabilities different interests uh, different age uh, where you can do things uh, so it's uh, uh, it's open and uh, that's what makes it fun so you can experiment on yourself and try it right H how did you keep track of uh distances and times back then 
Like, what did you stopwatch. use? So you use a stopwatch, but how did you know distances? You just knew what 26 miles was back and forth or? Oh, well, I mean, I wouldn't do any specific major distance for time on my own. Okay. You know, but if, if I run, I would run specific distances like a 10K, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and, and I knew, you know, what the, what the expected time is, what's a good time, what's a poor time. I know what a marathon is. I know the distances, uh, uh, a mile, whatever, quarter. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, <clears throat> uh, so, but, but in training, I, I didn't really care. It depends on how I felt. Mm-hmm. Um, do you remember an exact moment that maybe you thought to yourself, you know what, I'm actually pretty good at this? Yeah. Uh, I, uh, <clears throat> uh, you know, as, as I wrote in, 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 the, in the running book, Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I uh, decided I was, uh, you know, I was always pretty good. You know, I, I was winning races and uh, in college, you know, I was in the top one or two of the team and, and we won good races. Uh, but, uh, <clears throat> but then I tried the marathon and, and the second one I ran, I won it. And he mm-hmm. says, geez, you know, there were 3,000 people and I won it and I couldn't believe it. Mm-hmm. I says, holy shit, if I did this in the marathon, maybe I ought to go a little bit further. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe I'm even better because I was catching him at the end. I was sprinting at the end and catching him. The, the leader was up 100 yards ahead of me and I caught him. I says, well, I got to run something longer. Mm-hmm. And so I says, well, if I don't, I'm just lazy, you know, because I know I can do it. So, so I've got to do it. Mm-hmm. So you had you had a lot of self talk in you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, did the self talk come because of the races, or is that something that came during training? Not during training. No, during mm-hmm. the races. Yeah, that's where you get measured. I, uh-huh. I measured myself against who I was running with and what the time was, what the expected time was. I knew what a good time was, what wasn't, mm-hmm. and uh, <clears throat> uh, so it was in the races, but mm. in, in the training, it didn't matter, you know. <laughs> um, back except, then, except uh, when I was doing uh, uh, interval training uh, at huh. Berkeley on the track, uh, there was a bunch of us, uh, and and we would run for the fun of it, and and we would see how fast we could run a quarter or a half or mm. a mile, and. Uh, uh, but it wasn't competition. It was just for time on the track. That's the only place where you could really measure distance was on the track. Mm-hmm. Was running like a tight knit community back then? Um, well, I don't know, but t- I, well, I, I uh, you know, I ran, joined a little club called the Marin Racers. Mm-hmm. So it was a group of us. Uh, so, uh, and we would go out saturday mornings and go for a long run so i don't know if it was a tight group but at least we were a group we knew each other we're friends and and worked together and uh, you know i had good buddies on the berkeley track and that's one of the reasons i went there you know it was a fun thing to to be with the guys and and compete and and uh, uh <clears throat> try to uh, and we were impressing each other with, with our abilities <laughs> so mm-hmm. that was fun did, did that motivate you to do better? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, because it gave me goals. I says, now I can do this. And and I didn't know I could do that. But here mm. we were trying. Uh, and by myself, 
I couldn't see myself, you know, all by myself doing that. Mm -hmm. Except so, for, for long distances. Right. So how do you kind of motivate yourself now? Is it just the whole getting out there or do you, do you still run with groups or anything or? No, no, here in the woods, you know, I'm all by myself. Right. True. <laughs> and, uh, you know, there is a, uh, somebody, you know, in the next town and, and, and once in a while we get together and you go up on a, uh, run up a mountain, a hill nearby or something like that. Mm. But, uh, uh, right now I don't, I don't have anybody to, to really run with and, and I don't run very much. I go, you know, four or five or six miles, uh, at my own pace where it feels comfortable. I'm not trying to get any records. I'm not trying to get any specific time. I, I just do it kind of to keep in shape and, and I feel good when I stop. And, uh, <laughs> uh, I, I was going to ask you a question about that. It kind of slipped my mind. So we'll, we'll go back to it about the, the racing. Um, so your new book, uh, it's called racing the clock. Uh, and you basically take a look back at all the running you've done and aging and the body. So I, I, I wanted to ask this question. Do you believe that there's an age limit to running? Well, there's an age limit to life. So <laughs> <laughs> there definitely is an age limit to running. Okay. But it differs between different people. Mm. Uh, so uh, it's hard to say what that age limit is for anyone and, and running and how fast. Uh, so it's also gradual, you know. I mm. mean, I can't, I was just looking at my age limit and right now the way I'm running, I'm timing myself just to see, and I'm running about half as fast, but mm. I can still run, you know. Right. I'm, I'm not hit the age limit for not running. So mm. I can still run, but, but I, I'm, Definitely going half as fast as I did when I was at my best. <laughs> Do you think there's an age limit to start running? Uh, I don't think so. Mm. Uh, well, I mean, again, it depends on <clears throat> what range. I mean, if you're 90 degrees, I kind of doubt if you're going to start running. I mm. think, it, you know, or 85. I don't know. Uh, but you know, there's no limit to, to starting to exercise. So after a while, it becomes exercise and not really running. Got you. I, sometimes we have uh, people on, not, not so much a guest, but like my co-host and I will get questions from people and they, they'll say things like, I feel like I'm too old to start running. And we're like, it's ah, oh, not no. really. No, not unless you're really, really old. Uh, but I they can... There's no limit to that. Mm -hmm. So until you bed by something, I, so, I feel I feel like they're just afraid to be bad at it. Yeah, I think I think that's it. Yeah. Yeah. So they make an excuse about why. So, so they're not it, used to it. Yeah. Right. Same right. as you know, I think there's an age limit to, to learning how to run the computer. So uh, <laughs> right, I, I've limited. But like we said before, at least with the computer, you can kind of go back to step A and start from small increments and move all your way up with running you just have to go out and start moving your legs faster <laughs> yeah well um, but in running you at least know you know what steps you have to take here with the computer i don't know where to start 
Right, exactly. And with running too, you can see the gradual process. I mean, no matter how terrible you are, you could always get one second better or one half mile better. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think with a lot of people, especially with like, like we said, like phones and social media and stuff, they feel the pressure to be better than people who have been doing it for such a long time. Mm-hmm. And so they're like, oh, I got to be as good as that person when really you don't because no one's judging you. You just have right. to be as good as yourself. Right. And that's it. Yeah. So that's one of the good things about running. You can do it at your own speed and 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 you don't have to be judged. And, and you could start, you know, at a crawl if you wanted to. Yeah. Right. Um, so getting back. So Let's talk about the book. Uh, where did the idea come from and how did it you know, all come to fruition? Oh, uh, well, I, I mean, I think I, I was you know, kind of looking back and, and thinking, uh, uh, you know, I, I'd always uh, like to run and, and, uh, and, and I felt that uh, when I looked back, I said, I can't believe you know, I, I did this, you know, because uh, why, why me? You know, I, I felt uh, um, while I was doing it, I was uh, kind of oblivious because in the sense that, that if I ran like a 2.30 marathon, I said, okay, so what, you know? Uh, uh, but then when I look back, it, it, it looks, uh, when I ran a, a 2.21, then it looks, pretty good and I said how did I do that you know mm. and I so I look back and uh, uh, and I see uh, what what seemed very difficult uh, and I wondered why you know and and I wanted and as I said I'm a biologist too so I'm interested in in the aging process I'm interested in the biology I'm interested in locomotion in animals anyways and I studied uh, you know the limiting factors of physical exercise in, in insects, uh, and I'm interested in, in other animals as part of the adaptation process. It tells you something about evolution. So running is kind of it's it's an exercise that is has implications for 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 biology and in our biology too. So briefly talk about. Um running and the aging process like how does running affect the aging process yeah yeah i don't you know i i don't i don't know how it affects the aging process to tell you the truth you know uh so i'm i'm just kind of testing it out i mean i know what the aging process has been on me uh and but i wonder you know what it would have been if i hadn't run at all and i suspect i would not be able to run like I am now, like most people who haven't run, I don't think they could run as good as I run now. So I don't think I've, I've lost anything. One of the uh, ideas is that, that you have only so many heartbeats in the life and you use them up. And so, um, so don't run because mm-hmm. you will wear yourself out like a yeah. machine. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, I think with myself, I feel I've disproved that to myself because I've had lots of injuries and, uh, and, and I still run and I've run, you know, I don't know how many times around the globe in, in distance and, uh, and I haven't worn out like an old car, you know? Yeah, I, I think it's funny when people 
prescribe to that theory, like that your body only has so much of stuff and you kind of like, yeah. you wear it out too fast. I mean, I don't yeah. understand how that would, yeah. why people would think that way. I feel like that's kind of an old way of thinking. Like, I feel like the running prolongs that and gives you more. And yeah. when you're not running, like it helps your heart beat more efficiently or it helps your body move more efficiently. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I think. I mean, in fact, I, I calculated, you know, about heartbeat. They talk about heartbeats. Mm -hmm. And I think I have probably logged up many fewer heartbeats than uh, couch potatoes that have never run because my heartbeat right now goes down to 35 per minute. And, uh, you know, others would be about 70. So right. I've already got half the heartbeats, but that's because I'd really speeded it up and got the heart mm -hmm. bigger and stronger and mm -hmm. so it works it easier mm -hmm. so <clears throat> i think again i think it's the people so the people who prescribe to that are also the people who were just looking for an excuse of why they don't do it yeah <laughs> that's their justification yeah. oh you're yeah. using up all of your heartbeats or you're yeah. using up your knees yeah. or you're doing all that it's just not i just don't think that's how it works uh, um yeah. good you're yeah. gonna say something I was just going to say uh, there just isn't any actual data that you can present uh, because everyone is a sort of an experiment as one and and this is you know over a lifetime and you can't have experiments that over a lifetime like that. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know if they have been done. Uh, and, yeah, and there's um, so many variables. Uh, so it is always still kind of speculation. Mm -hmm. There's nothing guaranteed. Right. There is yeah. nothing guaranteed. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so let me ask this question. Uh, as far as like the body and aging and, and training with running and stuff, uh -huh. do you think that some people, do you think that everyone has the ability to be a like, maybe not a top level runner, but everyone has the ability to be a great runner? Or do you think with some people like your body, you just get what you get and that's it? Like some people just don't have the ability. Well, I think most, you know, normal people who don't have some special <clears throat> disability, mm. uh, I think just about, I think anybody could uh, improve their physical condition for sure. Mm. Uh, and, uh, <clears throat> and, and they would have, you know, have fun doing it. And, and that's what I like about running. I mean, uh, you can uh, do it up to the level that, you want or feel comfortable with, or if you want to feel uncomfortable, then it feels great when you relax. Mm -hmm. So, and the thing is that, that everybody can do it in any, any place. Uh, you don't need a basketball court or basketball. You don't need to have a team around you. Uh, do it anytime, anyone, there's no excuse uh, if you wanted to do it. Mm -hmm. um, so it's a democratic thing and uh, open to everyone. Mm. nobody is excluded so the book is a look back at not just running but your professional career uh and you kind of looked back and you yeah. saw all of your accomplishments in both yeah. do you feel like people don't do that enough you mean like keeping records of uh, what they do just looking back and going wow i really did a lot not just at not yeah. just like yeah. in a lifetime yeah. but even like a year like yeah. finishing out a year and going back and going i really did a lot this year yeah yeah, I think I think uh, there's a lot of satisfaction in doing that. 
to be able to look back and say, okay, I did this, whatever goal that you'd set for yourself. And, and I know, you know, I, I, I was thinking about that the other day, you know, I was thinking, uh, you know, I, I worked really hard, let's say for my hundred kilometer uh, US record. And, and I was, you know, set to, uh, you know, I, that was the goal because I knew I could do everything, everything when it's right. And I said, if I do, then, you know, when I turn 80, I'll be sitting in my rocking chair and, and I'll be satisfied and I'll have something uh, to make myself feel good, even if I can't run anymore. And that's mm. true now. And that's sort of what, why I wrote the book. I said, this kind of a, uh, a gift to, uh, to to make my uh, you know to appreciate and and record you know what happened. Mm-hmm. Do do you keep a record of everything you've done, not just running wise, but career wise? Like, do you keep a lot of like the old journals and things like that? I've got journals, uh, huge piles. I keep records of of all the birds I see, and 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 I'm going to have lots to write about when I go back uh, <clears throat> this afternoon. Uh, about the outbreaks of the gypsy moths I see all over the place, mm. uh, and uh, and uh, and uh, the birds that I might see, uh, and I'm keeping track of the breeding behavior of the phoebes on my cabin. Mm. Uh, I keep track of of everything, so of course I have to keep track of myself as well, right? Right. Yeah. Uh- uh, speaking of, since you're an expert in that, I can ask you about it because, I mean, I'm sure you know, so we're in New Jersey and we had those cicadas this year mm-hmm. that only come out every, I think it's 15 years or so? Uh, 17. 17 years. I think that might be a 15 year one too, yeah. These but- e- these fellows were loud. <laughs> yeah. 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 And yeah. they were all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, you know, that is, it is, comes in with the timing. Uh, again, you know, mm-hmm. how, how do those larvae underground know when num- year number 16 has passed and now the next year I'm going to come out of the ground? Yeah, I don't and understand they, that. I don't understand that either because I've yeah. tried to like yeah. talk to other people about it and they're like, I don't get it either. <laughs> yeah. No, nobody gets it, but we know there is a biological clock and we have it as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the amazing part. Um, so let's talk about your biological clock like what's next what are you what are are you going to work on besides going home and writing about everything you've seen like are you more books more running what's what's next for you uh well i just uh signed a contract for two books actually congratulations uh, one of them is about living in the woods uh you know in the four seasons in the woods uh Mm -hmm. you know what's it like Uh, i'm not exactly sure what it's going to be but i have to go to my journals and look at everything i've seen and done and and that'll <clears throat> orient me to what I might do uh, and then I got another one on on my art on my you know all my books have been illustrated by my drawings and watercolors so I'm going to do one on just that mm. and and you do the drawings yourself yeah um is that something you did like did that develop over time did you always have a thing for drawing I did it before about six years old and doing it wow that's really great and uh um about how good uh, i think uh, i was just going to say looks like the video stopped or something yeah but uh, i got you back i was going to ask you um, internet connection 
in the neck is unstable, it says. There you go. But I think we're still, I think we're still good though. I still got you. Okay. So we're back. Okay, so um, oh, how long, I was going to ask you for the book process, how, how long does it usually take you to write a book? Oh, it, uh, I mean, if I look at my uh, resume on the books, I, I just look how far I've, you know, I think there's about 20 of them. So, you know, a couple of years or so. Mm-hmm. And does it take, is the longer process the actual writing or the going back and looking through all your journals? Um, um, it's, 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 it's hard to say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, they all kind of mesh in together and, right. and, and uh, I, can't, I can't really say. A little bit of both. Okay. Yeah. And then for the final question, uh, when do you think you'll go on your next run? Uh, tomorrow. And how many miles? Uh, I'm going to go six. Six miles. Is that yeah. your typical, usual number? Well, I go to a, you know, I, I go either down the hill, down to, to the village and back, or I go the other direction uh, where I go over a brook and, and a dirt road and, and I turn around at the other place. So I go sort of a regular route and, and I vary it from one to another. And, and um, so right now that's, that's what I'm doing. Um, when you go and run down to the village, do you pick up some stuff while you're down there or are you just kind of like <laughs> run well, back? Yeah, I, I usually use it as an excuse to check my mailbox. That's a good idea. That's a, that's a good reason to go down. Yeah. Um, well, we wish you uh, the best of luck. The book is Racing the Clock, Running Across a Lifetime. And uh, it's available, I believe, online and bookstores and everything, correct? I believe so. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I'm, I'm assuming. I, I hope so. I, I think I think people still go to bookstores. I go I still go to bookstores. Yeah, yeah, me <laughs> I, I enjoy going to bookstores because I can't look yeah. online. I can't look yeah. at a thing and no. yeah. No, I can't do that either. Yeah. I, I gotta physically pick it up and, and kind of look yeah. at it. Yeah. So um yeah, so we wish you the best of luck with everything and, and safe travels uh on your way back. Okay. okay, well thank you very much. It's been a great pleasure. Okay. And that's gonna bring another episode of We Run This to a close. Thanks again for listening. Don't forget to check me out at werunthispod.com. You can find all of our past episodes. You can find all of the social channels. You can find out a little bit about me and the show and everything else. You can even drop me an email. Uh, I look forward to hearing from everybody. And, you know, I'll uh, see you all next week. Or see you out there running. Whichever happens first.